Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Find Your Model Health, the official podcast of Shemaine's Model Health for those looking to optimize their long-term health and weight goals and understand how their body really works. I am your host. My name is Shemaine Linney. I'm a fitness and nutrition expert. I am also a biohacker and certified iridologist. I'm very happy to have you back with me. It is a beautiful Thursday morning here in Canada and we're coming up to Easter and I hope you're all keeping really well this morning. This morning's topic I have been wanting to do for a couple of weeks now but uh, as all you other small business owners understand we try to get through things one at a time and alas now I have hit this Um, and of course it's quite fitting with the current situation that we are in with the pandemic and that is depression and of course many people already had experienced depression long before this pandemic but we may see an increase in depressive instances um, now that we're really in this kind of dull place. I'm trying not to put too much negativity on it but people that maybe already experienced depression may be feeling it a lot more severely now and those that didn't realize that they had a tendency towards depression are maybe starting to pick up on some symptoms now so i'm hoping this podcast really helps you understand depression and how you can support yourself during this time because of course many of us don't want to be putting extra stress on the medical system and our healthcare professionals so if we can do what we can do for our ourselves to support ourselves then all the better so I also have another podcast episode planned um, just on some other natural support for depression that will be coming up um, in the next week or two possibly sooner so we'll see but let's move on and before we do I must emphasize that the information in these podcasts is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice Okay, so depression is a mood disorder in which people experience feelings of sadness, loneliness, a loss of interest, um, don't want to get out of the bed, constant state of kind of being lost in darkness all the time. Um, And this can last for different periods of time some people may experience it for a few weeks some people for a few years but it's very common condition in Canada in Ireland my home country pretty much all over the world depression is experienced by many many people Um, as many as one in 13 people from the age of 12 and older can report symptoms of depression according to the CDC so the Center for Disease Control Now, depression has many symptoms and different people will experience them differently, of course. Um, Some may not even realize they have depression, but when you look at the symptoms, you're like, oh, you sound like you're a little bit depressed. Anyway, so some of the symptoms are going to be a main one I see is not wanting to do anything not wanting to get out of bed just want to stay in the dark and be alone Um, but then there's a loss of interest in normal activities feeling sad unhappy 
lost or empty, changes in your appetite, feeling worthless or even guilty, um, anxiety, restlessness can be associated with depression, difficulty sleeping, insomnia or sleeping too much. Just I just want to sleep my life away. Just wake me up when this is all over. Um, irrational reactions or angry outbursts. Difficulty concentrating or making decisions, so poor cognitive performance. Thoughts of suicide or death or just wanting it all to be over. And in some instances, we can see unexplained pain or body aches. So doctors don't entirely yet understand what causes depressions. Now we have some inkling and science has shown us a lot of some of the driving factors behind depression um, several factors may contribute so there's those with physical brain def- differences so people with depression may have physical changes in their brains um, then there's chemical imbalances so this is another one that we believe in the science industry is more common uh, your brain's functions of course are carefully controlled by a delicate system of chemicals and neurotransmitters and if these chemicals change or something's off you may develop symptoms of depression and then we've got the notorious hormone changes especially for us women around PMS and menopause where these changes in hormones may cause symptoms of depressions because they impact the thyroid because they change our sex hormones um, and because in as we get older as well we can lose a lot of other things like muscle mass and bone mass and even brain cells if we're not taking care of ourselves and these can all have an impact on hormones because they all play a part Um, of course life changes can play a part in depression the loss of a loved one the end of a job or relationship or changing careers um, financial stresses pandemics isolation like right now the overwhelm of having to be a grade two teacher and maybe a grade eight teacher at the same time while trying to keep everyone healthy and the house cleaned um all of this may trigger depression um and then of course there's the genetic expression so the genes if a close relative has been diagnosed with depression you may And the key word there is may have a genetic predisposition to developing depression as well. And as with fat loss and many other conditions, or sorry, weight gain and many other conditions, just because you have a predisposition does not necessarily mean that you are going to get an illness or a condition. So um, the control can be in your hands a lot of the time. So traditional depression treatment uses a combination of prescription medicines and counseling or therapies this generally if you go to your doctor and she or he diagnoses you with depression or clinical depression they're going to usually prescribe you some pills and then recommend that you go speak to someone now antidepressant medicines they can help resolve underlying 
physical problems such as the chemical imbalance or neurological issues and counseling can help you address issues or situations that might be contributing to the depression like life changes a bad relationship hating your career stuff like that um and although these can be helpful many people are now turning to alternative options uh, there's a bigger interest in natural medicine and natural remedies for depression um, and of course many other illnesses right now especially how to prevent or support your body during um, a viral attack but like everything not every alternative treatment has been proven to work but many do have their clinical experience um, and a lot of positives we see from people that have used them and there are numerous studies and research that have been done on herbs and supplements and vitamins to determine if they can benefit people with depression so the results are mixed and as I say to a lot of my clients you know if there's a potential for something to work and it does work in one person it doesn't mean it's going to work in all the people we do need to have that trial and error as well if something so we get the whole conventional medicinal pharmaceutical industry and it has its provens but also when we look at the natural stuff not only do we have our clinical experiences and um, client or patient reports we also do look well this has been used for hundreds or even thousands of years there must be something to it that um, makes us keep going back to say St. John's Worth all the time and while we're at it while I mentioned St. John's Worth let's look at some herbs and some vitamins that have been recommended over the centuries to help with depression and have been used by many so this is the more natural approach again this is the approach that many people want to take now uh, just to take the load off our healthcare system and if you are more of a naturalist and you like this alternative medicine you will love hearing the recommendations in this podcast but that does not mean that if you absolutely feel you need medical support and a prescription then don't contact your doctor of course contact your doctor um you now is not the time to be um picking and choosing your battles when it comes to fighting depression now is the time to support yourself as best as possible so when we look at St. John's wort, many people have heard of St. John's wort and it does have some contraindications. So St. John's wort is a shrubby herb with yellow flowers and it grows through Europe and Asia and Africa and some parts of Western United States where it's warmer. Um, and both the leaves and the flower can be used for its medicinal purposes. The It's been used for centuries for depression and mental health disorders but it does have contraindications with some medications so you do want to check that first before you start implementing St. John's wort. It has been used for anti-inflammatory properties, antibacterial and antiviral so this is going to be one herb that people right now during this pandemic may be more inclined to go towards and it has been used topically as well on the skin for wounds um, and rashes and even other infections. Um, there is 
mixed research on its effectiveness for depression, but a lot of top alternative health practitioners or functional health practitioners will recommend St. John's Wort. And this comes back to it may work for some people and it may not work for other people. Um, But that is an option that you have and you can get it in tea. I usually recommend people start with low doses of teas before they turn to either the tablets or the capsules. If you know also a good herbalist, you can get a good liquid extract or tincture as well. Um, So to support mild to moderate depression, a standard dose of St. John's Worth is between 20 to 1,800 milligrams a day from a capsule or a tablet. The average dose that we see people taking is 300 milligrams two to three times a day. Um, People with more severe depression may want to go higher than that, but that's an instance where you want to contact your naturopath or herbalist or other health professional. So another one that we like to look at as well is going to be, and not many people hear of this, and there is so many supplements out there, but this one is SAMe. So SAMe stands for S-adenosyl-L-methionine, and it is a compound made naturally in the body, but some people have lower amounts of SAMe than others. Um, It was approved by the FDA in the 1990s as a dietary supplement, um, and it's been used to treat a variety of conditions. So SAMe can help with depression, osteoarthritis, heart disease, attention deficit, hyperactivity disorder, so ADHD, seizures, and some people say it can help with hormones as well, um, and anxiety too. Um, anxiety from a standpoint of overproduction of adrenaline, so um, an adrenaline disorder. So in your body, SAMI helps with many, many things, but especially helpful in the brain. So SAMI helps produce serotonin, which we know is our feel-good hormone. Melatonin, which is very important for sleep, hunger, craving, sex hormone. And now we're seeing um, studies coming out about how melatonin may have some efficacy against this new coronavirus. Um, And also SAMI has been shown to um, help the body produce dopamine as well. So dopamine can be very helpful for putting us in a peaceful, restful state too and calming us. So SAMI for a lot is going to be um, very enticing when they hear what it does in the body and how it helps. So as we know, serotonin, like I said, is our feel-good hormone. Um, It's an important chemical and neurotransmitter that helps send signals to your brain of calmness and feeling good and achievement and I'm happy and a lot of our serotonin is produced in our gut so we'll come back to that later. So SAMI, when if you're looking at supplementing with SAMI, generally we're looking at 800 milligrams two times a day. This is what the studies have shown us um, and that has been helpful with um, managing depressive disorder. So you could look at that. If you have more severe symptoms, you can start to increase your dosage or build your cro- your dosage gradually um, and monitor any reduction in its... Uh, or any improvement in its effectiveness. 
So next we look at 5-HTP. This is a tough one now. There are, so 5-HTP is 5-hydroxytryptophan. Um, it's a chemical in the body that's made from L-tryptophan or tryptophan, which is a protein building block. Now this is a tough one. So 5-HTP is one that I'll recommend to a lot of my clients or students to help with sleep, to help relax them in the evening. And it can be very beneficial. It is a calming amino acid. Except there has been some research that has came out showing that 5-HTP right now might encourage the activity of viruses within cells. So I'm not so much recommending 5-HTP right now for supplements or in supplemental form, but more so in food form. Um, so food, tryptophan is found naturally in a lot of foods. Um, 5-HTP isn't but your body will use tryptophan to produce 5-HTP so one instance of this is turkey so think of the turkey coma that we have over Christmas and over holidays when we eat a lot of turkey we get kind of this sedative effect of the turkey we get very calm we get lazy we start to doze off so that's that tryptophan, tryptophan and 5-HTP that we get from turkey so a lot of other foods I'm not saying put yourself into a food coma but I am saying that these foods can help you feel calm and sedated so we're looking at turkey, chicken, milk. Um, some people, of course, are not great with milk. So looking at the types of milk you're getting. Seaweeds, sunflower seeds, turnip and collard greens have been shown to contain tryptophan, pumpkins and potatoes. And a lot of these are very our, what we would associate with our comfort foods. And that's where we see they make us feel good and keep us calm. So 5-HTP from these foods can help raise your body's serotonin levels. Um, so this is just something I'm not going to recommend a supplement or a dosage because right now I would prefer people stick to more food sources if you want to find out more about 5-HTP you can message me in regards to dosaging and when to take it also I have spoke about 5-HTP in my biohacking sleep podcast so you can go look there too okay so another one is going to be omega-3 fatty acids or what most people think of their fish oils for many of my clients that's going to be a krill oil you can also also get a good algae oil so um, omega-3 fatty acids from algae or algae depending on where you're from um, so we know there is a big benefit of omega-3 fatty acids for the brain and there's a lot of reports showing that they are great for relieving symptoms of depression too. Um, that not only do they help with neurological development and growth, they also are very, very effective at inflammation. And when we look at back to that, the majority of our serotonin is produced in our gut. If we have a lot of inflammation in the body, but especially in the gut, then we're inhibiting our own production of serotonin. So we're not getting that feel-good hormone. This is where omega-3 fatty acids can be very helpful by bringing down the inflammation. If you can bring down most of the inflammation in your body, 
especially now not to sound like a broken record with this pandemic and we see this big inflammatory cytokine being a cause or a driving factor behind a lot of the fatalities we want to keep our inflammation as low as possible most of the time pretty much throughout our life but this can be very helpful of course in helping with our serotonin and our neurofunctioning. So there was a study in 2003 in the European Neuropsychopharmacology found that people who took omega-3 fatty acid supplements had reduced depression symptoms. The study also suggested that omega-3 may be beneficial for people who also take traditional antidepressants. So that's your prescription antidepressants. Um, and a lot of this goes down to helping with that brain functioning, helping with the central nervous system, the cerebral performance, the anti-inflammatory action. So it does play a lot as well, okay, as well. And a lot of people forget this. Our cells are wrapped in a lipid layer. So our cell membrane is made up of lipids. This is fats. If you constantly are feeding your body bad fats, then your cells membrane is going to be predominantly or majoritively made up of bad toxic fats. And then that's going to drive up inflammation. That's going to cause poor cellular functioning. Functioning. You're not going to be able to produce energy properly you're not going to make metabolic water properly you're not going to be able to fight infections properly um, but also you get that lot of inflammation whereas if you are building your cells up of good fats all the time especially these good omega-3 fatty acids and that's not to forget about all the other essential omegas as well but when we look at the fish oils we can build a good strong lipid layer around our cells that keeps them strong and resilient functioning properly keeps inflammation down keeps um, our energy high and helps our body fight infections when it comes in when the body functions well don't you know all the hormones are going to function well as well there's lots and lots of benefits to taking a good fish oil or a krill oil or an algae oil or even a really good cod liver oil as well of course get your seafood in there too plenty of wild salmon where you can um so another one to look at while we're onto this kind of fat soluble nutrients is vitamin D. So vitamin D in itself is a hormone, but it's been named a vitamin. So we'll just leave it so people don't get confused. Vitamin D is synthesized in the body when we get exposure to sunshine. Um, vitamin D supplementation, in my opinion, and many health professionals opinions, will never match the vitamin D sourcing that we get from direct sunlight and UV rays. But vitamin D supplementation can be very beneficial to help keep your vitamin D levels topped up while you may not have exposure to sun. It may be snowing outside, it may be minus 40 outside or whatever else it may be. So vitamin D generally for most people is a good option to supplement with and then maybe you can pull back on your supplementation in the summer but especially those that have depression. Vitamin D would probably be an all year round thing, but changing the doses based on the seasons and how much outdoor uh, exposure and sunlight exposure that you're getting. There's a lot of research, lots and lots of research on PubMed, on vitamin D. All the top health professionals speak about it. Um, vitamin D, 
has been shown to help protect against cancer, high blood pressure and other diseases and a lot of the research around those comes back to how vitamin D is very, very, very important for optimal immune function and cellular function. But there's a lot of um, research around vitamin D and depression. Um, It's not as well supported as other diseases would be studied around vitamin D, but there's still a lot of research out there. A report published in the Issues in Mental Health Nursing suggested maintaining adequate vitamin D levels may help reduce depression, that um, vitamin D is a very important nutrient. Vitamin D helps with our production of serotonin as well that I just spoke about. So vitamin D in higher doses in the winter can be very beneficial for those that do experience higher instances of depression in those darker months or seasonal affective disorder. But you can also, like I said, get really good levels of vitamin D by just exposing your skin to sunlight. You can also get vitamin D from some foods, cod liver oil again being a great one. So if you're using cod liver oil to get your omega-3 fatty acids, you can also get your vitamin D there too. And you can also get a bit of vitamin A as well. And vitamin A is great for the immune system. Milk and sardines and eggs are other good sources of vitamin D as well. Um, Sun exposure generally is the best way to get vitamin D but if you're supplementing it does depend on the person and this is why working with a health professional can be important so for those that don't generally have vitamin D or sorry depression issues you can be safe enough in a good range of 1000 international units a day so that's kind of a safe range Um, in the winter months I generally tell my clients to increase their dosages of vitamin D mainly because I see a lot of women that do have um, issues with anxiety and depression and stress so I like to increase their vitamin D as much as possible to just kind of keep them in a nice maintenance mode where they're feeling good and trotting along but if you have severe depression or if you get struck down with a severe illness then you're going to increase your vitamin D and that can go up to even And it depends. It can go up to 10,000 international units a day um, or higher, depending on what the condition is and who's administering the vitamin D, i.e. you could get a vitamin D intravenous um, applied intravenously from your doctor, depending on your condition. Um, Then the next one we will look at is vitamin B. Vitamin B A good B complex is wise for many people, but not always necessary. Lots of people will turn to vitamin B12 because they've heard that it's great for energy. Um, A lot of people will get B12 shots. They'll see a nice energy boost for a few days and then it'll drop again. So then um, we want to look at getting our vitamin B12 from food for a start, not to sound confusing, so that you're getting a constant flow of B- vitamin B12 being produced in the body. But also, when you look at B vitamins, 
you want to, if you're looking, okay, if you're looking at taking B vitamins or getting a B12 shot for energy, I think it's wise to look at the underlying condition, the root cause, what is making you not have sufficient energy or feeling fatigued or crashing regularly. So that's just me digressing. So back to vitamin D or vitamin B with depression. Um, Vitamin B can help produce and control the chemicals that influence mood and other brain functions. Um, And of course, all of these are linked to depression. So to diagnose if you have a vitamin D deficiency, your doctor will take a blood sample and then go from there. You can get awesome levels of vitamin B from foods. Um, Meats, especially red meats, a good steak will have lots of B vitamins in it and help your body create the essential B12s. Um, Fish, especially wild caught salmon and then eggs and dairy. Um, So there was a study done in 2005 in the journal of again psychopharmacology found that a combination of b12 and folic folates they had folic acid in the study but i'm going to go with folates because that's it in its methylated form um that combination reduced depression symptoms So if you're looking at b vitamins generally the dosage is going to be between 1 and 25 micrograms a day. Higher doses may be safe, but you want to speak to a health professional before you start adding that in if you've not taken B vitamins before. Otherwise, go to the food sources. The next is zinc. Zinc, as we know, is pretty much out of stock everywhere now because zinc is um, a big key in having a healthy immune system. When... uh, Zinc deficiency is one of the key factors behind having a a weak immune system. But zinc also is very beneficial for um, the brain. Zinc is a nutrient that's linked with mental functions like learning and behavior. And low levels of blood zinc are associated with depression, according to an analysis in the the biological psychiatry. So taking 25 milligrams of zinc a day... For 12 weeks was shown to help reduce depression symptoms. Now you can get zinc out of food. A lot of people are supplementing with zinc now. And the only thing I say with that is we really don't want to go over um, 40 milligrams of zinc a day. That's where we can see some side effects or toxicity happening. So if you're, to su- if you're supplementing with zinc, just also be aware of where might you also be getting zinc through your foods? Are you eating a lot of seeds and nuts, um, green vegetables, stuff like that? But generally, up to 40 milligrams a day is a safe dose with zinc. Now, right now, for me, I've been doing 25 milligrams a day for the immune support. I do have more than that, but I also want to be smart and know that stocks are low, so I'm not going to take double the dose because I want my supply to last longer. I hope that makes sense. So that might give you a way to um, kind of titrate your own dose. 
I did mention folate and its combination with B vitamins. Folate in itself, we're seeing there may be a link between low levels of folate um, and depression. So folate being the my, more bioavailable form of folic acid for most people, those pe there are a, a percentage of the population that cannot synthesize or metabolize folic acid when taken in supplement form. So that's where we look at folate or um methyl tetrahydrofolate so that's your folic acid in its methylated form so taking 500 milligrams or more of folate has been linked with improving the effectiveness of other antidepressant medications so if you look at that from a food standpoint if you increase your folate levels in folate rich foods like um your leafy greens, your broccolis, your spinach, sunflower seeds, avocados. If you're focusing on good nutrition like those in combination with antidepressant medications, you can increase the effectiveness of those medications. So back to the herbs, another one that you've seen, if you're like me, you've seen it, but you're not too sure how to use it. Um, it's going to be saffron. So saffron or crocus sativus is a rare spice made from dried stigma of the crocus sativus flower. Um, as a herbalist, well, as a practicing herbalist now, and I hope to be certified soon, saffron is such a beautiful herb to me but it has so much mystery around it um, but saffron has been used for centuries to strengthen digestion help with menstruation improve mood increase relaxation and there was a study done in 2013 in the journal of integrative medicine that found that saffron supplements actually improved mood and reduced symptoms of major depressive disorders more so than the placebo supplements so there's something to be had there there was another study published in phytotherapy research found the spice to be effective for depression when subjects use 30 milligrams per day um as a side note here, if you do take too much saffron, you may experience side effects like vomiting, dizziness, or diarrhea. So be careful of your dosage. If you can get a good saffron tea, that's where I would start to see how your body tolerates it. The next herb would be cava cava. I have cava cava in a tincture and I use it sometimes for headaches. Um, so it has that neurological connection. But cava cava or it's... Um, other name is Piper Methysicum, might offer people with depression some relief from their symptoms. Um, so we saw that there was a report published in the Advances of Pharmacological Sciences um, and that report analyzed multiple studies on CAVA treatment um, and what they saw was that up to 300 milligrams per day for four weeks had effectiveness on symptoms of depression. So that's something to consider too. I know not many people are going to go out and get Cava Cava, but if it's something you're interested in, I do like the tinctures myself. Um, and like I said at the beginning, this is going to be some trial and error. Some of these will work for some people. Some of these will not work for some people. But it's good to be educated and to know that there are options out there. There are other herbs 
that have been connected to easing depression but not fully proven yet um so some of these herbal treatments they have the ancestral efficacy or evidence that they work and also some clinical evidence but the science is not fully there on them but those would be uh chamomile lemon balm which we know is an adaptogen and can help with the adrenals lavender can be helpful for some people um ginkgo biloba which is one of my favorites and there is a lot of science around ginkgo biloba and its um, effectiveness on brain health and keeping good cognitive performance and net neuro functioning going so ginkgo is one of my favorites the the studies that i've seen have shown that its efficacy is dosing twice a day at 60 milligrams a day which is what i do myself and i've seen it to be awesome for my cognitive performance um valerian as well hawthorn too and then purple passion flower may be helpful as well with depression and if i might i'm going to add in turmeric um and ginger here because they're of their anti-inflammatory properties especially in the gut if you can keep the inflammation of the gut low then you can improve um the serotonin production and your cognitive performance because we know our good is our second brain so there's a lot to take into consideration here um, although some herbs and supplements do have a lot of promise in treating depression if you're having issues pulling through your t- depression or you're having se- severe depressive symptoms then do speak to your doctor or health professional um there may be a way that you can combine both the herbal or the natural supplements along with some pharmaceuticals just to get you through tough times so these these recommendations in this podcast they're not a standalone they can be helpful for many people but they can also be used in combination with your medication too Okay, so there's a lot in this podcast. Go back, take notes if you need to. Um, I do plan on doing another episode on some other things you can try to help fight depression. Of course, they're going to be more natural support, but not so much focused on the supplemental end of it, but more steps you can take that can make a big impact on um, how you deal with your depression. But otherwise, thank you for listening. Please, as always, share with anyone you feel may benefit and help me reach the masses right now. It really helps me a lot, but it also helps the world a lot when we know how we can support our own body, especially while our medical professionals are so overwhelmed right now. If you found this podcast helpful or you somewhat enjoyed it I would love 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 a review Um, reviews take one to two minutes to leave but they help us podcasters a lot they help us reach the masses a lot more Um, so that would be awesome if you could do that otherwise stay healthy take care of yourself and I will chat to you again in another podcast okay bye bye